0: Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 36, titled The Compassion of Christ, Part 1. I titled this podcast The Compassion of Christ because in Matthew chapter 9, there's five miracles performed by Christ. I decided to group them all together and do two messages and two podcasts because all five miracles are related to the same topic, which would be healing. And I think that demonstrates the compassion of Christ quite well. We're going to cover three miracles today. Those three miracles are Jesus healing the paralytic, Jesus healing a woman, and Jesus restoring a girl's life. I'll highlight the main verses in each miracle because the sections are kind of long, so I'll kind of take the, the key point or the key event out. We'll work through a commentary, and then we'll offer some brief input. Miracle number one, Jesus heals the paralytic. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic, lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. The following information was taken from the commentary of Theophylact of Orid, an archbishop and scholar. Said to the paralytic, Take courage, child, thy sins be forgiven. That's what he's commenting on. Jesus calls him child, either as one of God's creatures or because he believed, to show that the man's paralysis is a result of his sins. Jesus first forgives him of his sins. So that that's interesting to me because it doesn't say exactly what sin caused him to be paralyzed. And I pondered, I thought to myself, what what could possi- what sin could possibly bring about paralysis? And i and a situation popped in my head. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but imagine a child disobeying his parents and going and riding a horse or a camel or a donkey without supervision or permission and the child falls off of it on a weird angle, gets bucked off, whatever the case may be, falls on a weird angle on their neck and just breaks their neck. So it could be disobedience on a child's behalf to their parents that brought about paralysis, right? Parents have rules for a reason. It's not to be tyrants, though there are some out there. The goal is to usually keep your kids safe and try to point them in the right direction. Miracle number two, Jesus heals a woman. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 through 22 says, And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly, the moment woman was made well. The following information was taken from Augustine of Hippo's commentary an early church father. This is a little longer, and the part that he's commenting on, it didn't fully uh, pull out in the section. So, it's not that you missed anything, I'm just trying to keep this short and concise because we're working through three miracles today. So bear with me as we go through Augustine of Hippo's commentary. The woman appears on the scene, and she is healed. She is healed first in faith, being practically ignored by the Savior, for he said, Who touched me? Here we have an ignoring attitude by God and faith in the mystery by her. It means something when someone who cannot ignore, ignores. And what does it mean? It points to the healed church of the Gentiles, the bodily presence of which is not seen by Christ, whose voice is heard in the psalm. And this is a quote from Psalms, people whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. The world heard and it believed. The Jewish people saw at first they crucified, but later they came too. They too came to him. Also the Jews will believe, but at the end of the world. So that's really cool that Augustine of Hippo pulled that out, that God had an ignoring attitude, and he really can't ignore because of omniscience, right? All-knowing. But he chooses to ignore. That's an interesting observation. And I think his correlation is is correct because it matches other parts of Scripture we're going to cover in the future. One specific instance with the, the Gentile woman and Christ. The Gentile woman, I believe, asked for her daughter to be healed. I think it was a Canaanite woman, the faith of a Canaanite woman. She asked for her daughter to be healed And I think Jesus said, I cannot take bread from the sons, from the children, and give it to the dogs. So Jesus was recognizing Gentiles as dogs during the time. Because his primary ministry focus was to the Jews first and Gentiles second, right? So it would be putting the cart in front of the horse, according to Jesus, to... To start ministering to the Canaanites or to the Gentiles or to any other culture surrounding outside of the Jews because that wasn't that wasn't God's will. And the woman responds with, even the dogs get the scraps. So, and then Jesus, I believe, healed her daughter. And so her gesture was, even if you give me the scraps, I'll take the scraps. I know who you are, I know your power, I know what you're capable of. All I need is your the scraps. If I'm a dog, fair enough. All I need is the scraps. And the humility behind that is so cool. Because she wasn't like asking for something lavish. It was a, a humble gesture. And she reduced herself in front of the Lord. And that's so cool. And it's an important to remember that the gospel and salvation was offered to the Jews first and the Gentiles second. Right. They're just That's just the way it goes, folks. They were higher up on the priority list because of the lineage of Christ and the Mosaic law and all that. So, and the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000 match that as well. The 5,000 is the Jews and the 4,000 is the Gentiles. And the 12,000, excuse me, the 5,000 had 12 baskets remaining to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. So, guys, they're, they're, you know, they're important, right? Right. So, okay. Miracle number three, Jesus restores a girl's life. Matthew 9, excuse me, Matthew chapter 9, verse 23 through 25 says, And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. The following information was taken from the commentary of Theophilact of Ored, the same guy, the archbishop and scholar. Jesus said that she was sleeping because he was able to resurrect her easily, and so to him, death was sleep. Do not marvel that they laughed at him, excuse me, they laughed him to scorn by scoffing. They bear witness all the more to the miracle that he resurrected one who was truly dead. So that no one could later say that she had only suffered a seizure, it was confessed by all those present that she was dead. So to me, this commentary points to God's timing. That's just what I see when I read that commentary. The timing of Jesus was precise, obviously, to ensure the miracle would be recognized as legitimate. Right? So, depending on the timing of a miracle, it could be perceived as illegitimate. So, the question that popped in my head was, how many situations have we been in where we're waiting for a miracle, but our own will and timing doesn't line up with God's? Right? Only our hope excuse me, our only hope is having faith in the wisdom of the Almighty, right? And that's kind of the, the sin of Job that we've talked about in an earlier podcast. Job's sin was that he lacked understanding. And that's, when we're in the midst of suffering, say it could be the death of our child, as horrendous as that is, It we, we don't know what God's up to. We just don't know what God's up to, right? So, patience during long suffering and trusting God's, wisdom and timing above our own that's all we could do so i want to close today with some words of encouragement and because there was suffering before the miracles took place right so i think when we talk about miracles we got to talk about the suffering as well and there are in fact many people suffering in this world on a daily basis and and honestly it breaks my heart frequently not only because of what i've seen during on deployments which i've seen a lot of wild things but also the burdens I see people carrying. Now, I'm referring to real burdens, not hurt feelings, right? And I'm not trying to make fun of, like, hurt feelings, because it does happen, but it's not really a burden. Like, you can work through hurt feelings, and you're like, I'll get over it, you know? But I'm talking about legitimate burdens, real burdens. Burdens like no clean water, no transportation to get health care while having an illness, frequent death, mental disorders, preventing people from working homelessness due to mental disorders, chronic pain without medication, tyranny from strangers etc and that's just that just scratches the surface that's not even getting into like murder and rape and all the other heinous things just things that just kind of wear you down consistently and I have close friends that are carrying heavy burdens and and here's what's so impressive to me they have the courage to praise Christ while suffering. They have the courage to praise Christ while suffering. Now, now, to me, that's real courage and true faith. To not know the discernment of God's timing, but to keep faith and remain patient while carrying their cross. That, to me, is courage and faith. There's no question that this life is full of pain. It's full of tragedy and suffering. And, of course, you got the splash of malevolence, too, that you see. Right? And Jesus tells us, remember, it's important to balance the foo-foo-foo fairy warm and fuzzy stuff that makes us feel good and I'm not undermining it but it's just like we we're never going to grow if we don't read the stuff that makes us feel uncomfortable and this is one of those things where it's there is comfort but there's also a difficulty in it Jesus tells us in John chapter 16 verse 33 I have said these things to you that you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world so he's warning us He's warning us. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be tribulation. At some point, there's going to be uh, persecution. It happened with the early church for many, many times. I think the first emperor to persecute was Nero. So it started with him, and it just there was a bloodbath for a lot of Christians for the longest time until I forget. I think there was a treaty or a there was a document signed and put into order that ended all Christian persecution. And forgive me, I forget the name of it. I just studied it in school last week. But we got to remember, that could very well happen again. More persecution, more suffering. So let's enjoy what we have right now, which is no persecution. And understand that we're going to have tribulation. Suffering, yes, certain splashes, a little bit of malevolence here and there. um, Tragedy, catastrophe. There's a lot of terrible things. But at least what we have in the United States is we don't have any legal persecution. We may have social persecution by people making fun of us, fair enough, but we don't have legal persecution and we're not being thrown in working camps because we're Christians, right? So we're gonna have tribulation. This tough is, this life is tough, it's hard, it's full of tragedy, suffering, catastrophe. And Jesus tells us this is all going to happen. You're going to have tribulation in this world. And when this world hates you, it hated me first. So Our peace comes from what Jesus has prepared for us. That's where our peace must be. It's got to be in Christ and what He has prepared for us. So, in lieu of trials and tribulation, be steadfast and hold on to the peace and the joy of salvation through Jesus Christ. And if any of you guys need prayers, please let me know. Please reach out. Either contact me through the website or through social media some way. If you need prayers, please let me know. I'll pray for you every single night. I can create a prayer list for people who who need prayers, and I'll just pray every single night for you guys. But that's all we've got for today. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.